Welcome to the Art of Healthcare podcast, where we aim to be as good at the human side of healthcare as we are at the clinical side of healthcare. My name is Chris Desmond. I'm a physiotherapist who's fascinated by how we can better help the person with the problem. Join us as we learn how to connect better, how to show up better, and how to understand our patients and ourselves better. Welcome to the Art of Healthcare podcast. This is where we're joined by experts to explore the human side of healthcare so we can better help the person with the problem. Today, I am lucky enough to be joined by Pete Moore. Pete is an author and coach of the Pain Toolkit. Pete, welcome. Thanks so much for welcome. Thanks uh, for inviting me and uh, hi to everyone. Pete, I always like to kick things off with the question, why do you care about the art of healthcare? Why do you care about the human side of healthcare? Well, it's a pretty simple answer, really, Chris, because I'm someone who lives with uh, persistent pain. Back in the early 90s, I was, uh, you know, I was, sort of, I was doing my work. I was painting a decorator in the day then. And I was one of the days I went home and I couldn't move the next day. I didn't find it till later on. I brought up three discs. But back in the day then, see, and, as the, and it still happens now, I got thrown into the medical model. I was a doctor shopper and therapy shopper, spent about, I'm not sure many do- uh, New Zealand dollars that would be, but in, uh, in, uh, Brown Shillings and Pens here, it's about, uh, I spent about 8,000 quid, 8,000 pounds looking for a cure. You know, I was a serial, <laughs> serial doctor shopper, but I, I think it was on 94 actually, I had a really, it was my birthday actually, some mates come around and take me out for the night being my birthday, but my pain that day was, it was in orbit, you know, if still years said to me, what is it from one to 10? I would have said a hundred, like, you know, it was, it was out of control. And I'd taken all my full, full quote of um, pain meds I was on, opioid, I can't, and uh, I, I, that night I did actually contemplate ending my life because I just couldn't see, I was in my forties then, and I just couldn't see any future for myself. And uh, I did a little bit of stretching. It seemed to ease it off. I don't know why I did the stretching. Uh, that's probably the last thing I thought I wanted to do. And the next morning, while I was looking looking in the mirror, and I, this is before I'd whiskers, actually, I had a little bit of hair as well, actually. And I looked in the mirror, and I, I, I really looked at me, you know, and I said to myself, I think you're the dude that's going to get you out of this mess, like, you know. And that's why I'm passionate about what I do. I know I've gone around the bounty houses with it. That's why I'm passionate about what I do. I don't, I don't think any human being on this planet should be felt like they're painted, painted into a corner when they want to start thinking about harming themselves, like, you know, and that's why I've been doing this for, I didn't realize it until early part of this year, but I've been doing this for 25 years now. And I I, I still do it. I love doing it because it's about helping out. So there was some, there was some for me back in, in the mid nineties, um, a psychologist, uh, Amanda Williams from the, she was then the the input program. She came along and spoke, uh, spoke at a back page support group I was running. And she, she, she reached out, you know, and told the group about what they do in the program, the pacing, the graded exercise and all that sort of stuff. And I was sold on it. And to me, for that, she come down out in her own time, you know, and to me, that, oh, to me, she's like, I'm still in her death really, you know, because she, she gave me that lifeline and I, I really grabbed onto it. And I think there are people out there like, just like me, but there aren't the ways or means or connected with anybody yet who's going to throw on that, that same lifeline to get them out of their mess, like, you know, so I'm really passionate about what I do and there ain't enough of me. There are lots of me's out there. There's uh, Joe Belton out over there in America and Keith Meldrum up there in Canada and there's a few dudes here in the UK. 
So they're off, they're up, but they're, you know, then we're not in the hundreds, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Pete, thanks for sharing that, mate. It's, uh, it's a pretty powerful story. Listening, listening to what you, what you went through. I'm just curious about one of the points you brought up about Amanda kind of throwing you that lifeline and giving you that, that information and education at that point in time. And just wondering if you had had that information when you were doctor shopping or we, I think you, you've called it being a health tourist uh, yeah. at one point as well, like would it have hit home for you the way that it did when she told you that day, do you think? I don't, yeah, yeah, that's a really good question. And, and I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't think you would. I mean, I'll, I'll throw out the lifeline and most people every day, I'll get not 20 odd emails a day. You know, and I'm throwing out the lifeline about pacing and what to do and everything. Well, I don't hear from them again, like, you know. And I think sometimes you've got to be, I call it oven ready. You know, you've got to be ready for that, to hear those messages. Because it's funny, I was talking to a group of um, ladies on uh, Monday. Yeah, because uh, I'm, I'm be doing a workshop for them. And uh, I do a lot of tater sessions. So they, they know what, why they're coming on the, on, on the workshop. And I've been seeing their faces. Some of them aren't oven ready yet. You know, they're not. When I start talking to them about pacing and stuff and grade movement and whatnot, you got to, I can just look in their eyes and think to myself, you, you, you're going to attend a workshop, but it's going to be, well, what's next? You know, and, 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 you know, for me, pain, pain management is something you do every day. It's not something, you know, uh, you know, I've, you know, come back, I've been down a gym this morning and all I have to see, I have to stretch and exercise every day. That's by my medication. I have to pace my, my activities and everything, you know. I think it, it, when I was doctor shopping and stuff like that, therapy shopping, I was still looking for that magic bullet, like, you know, because I think it's what's happening. See, in the medical model, it's, it's you learn it from the doctor, like, you know, because the doctor says to you when you see him, well, check, you know, try this medication. If it hasn't worked, come back and see me. Well, see, straight away there, I'm thinking to myself, well, oh, all I've got to do is just take the medication and, Bingo, like, you know, pain's going to go because I was learning Italian at times. Going to move to Italy, meet some senior, you know, and cook pizza for the rest of my life, you know. But then that, that didn't happen, you know, because, um, you know, I think, well, I'm taking the medication, but, but the pain ain't going away. It was going away for a few minutes, but then it rushes back in again. So I was still in that um, looking for the magic bullet mode. So I think sometimes you've got to, I don't, I'm not suggesting people have got to go down to rock bottom. You know, I was thinking about harming yourself, but it's about getting that uniqueness. Why? See, we we, we go down a uh, go down a rabbit hole, as you called it earlier on. Not you know, I went down a rabbit hole where 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 people in in a uh, sent in that medical model, and when we're down there, see, we ain't learning anything. You know, the the self management message has got to come. Not when you've finished, you know, well, the medication isn't working, the treatment isn't working. You've got to, uh, you guys. The healthcare professionals have got to, or healthcare workers, have got to start having those conversations more or less from the get-go, you know, say, so, well, Chris, uh, okay, you've got this back pain business, okay, well, okay, what I'm going to do is give you some meds to get ease it off, but listen, let's work out a self-management plan, you know, so it's having those conversations earlier so that people don't get stuck and just whiz, start whizzing around the, around the system and drain everything, like, you know, drain, drain everybody's resources. Definitely. I completely agree with that, Pete. And, uh, and I think it's a question that I have for you and sorry, mate, we're, I'm in Windy Wellington, so you might be hearing the wind buffeting the, the side of the house at the moment as well. And Mike, Mike might or might not be picking that up. I completely agree with, with that, what you're saying there 
And I think that like as healthcare providers, as you say, we, we've been trained in that medical model. We've been trained to, as fixers or people who go out and seek a cure and, and want to fix the problem for, for the person. And, and often we don't talk about self-management or, or utilize self-management strategies early enough in the piece or if it, if it all, which is to, to the detriment of everyone. But I guess a question, a question for you, like, what do you see as kind of the, where health providers could, uh, bring the most value to the people that they're working with? Well, first off, it's, let me back up a little bit because we, we've actually added a word onto self-management in recent years because, uh, a lot of people are saying, well, you need to self-manage. So. For a lot of people with uh, pain and it, even long-term conditions, et cetera, they feel like they're being cut free. Well, you know, off you go, go and sort yourself out. So in recent years, and even in, to my surprise, even the NHS here has come up with like, there's a, a link on the, on the, on the NHS website now about supported self-management. And because we've added that word supported is now, to me, being back in the day, self-management mean us working together, me working together with the healthcare professional, but that was just me. But a lot of people said they feel like a bit cut, cut loose sort of thing. So we've added that word supported. So in a way it's, it's, uh, um, patients now or people we're paying will now feel that it's, it is a team effort. Like, you know, sorry, Chris, what was the question again? So I went off and changed it. <laughs> nah, that's good, mate. Where can, where can health providers bring the most value to the people that they're working with? Well, they've got to find out, find out, well, what, what is supporting self-management? You know, I'm not, I'm not going to put you on the spot by asking you like, but when I do ask healthcare professionals, what is self-management, I'll get some, so it's, it's about, you know, going, I know, uh, one of your country folk there, Bronnie, uh, Bronnie Thompson, she teaches, uh, supporting self-management down there in Christchurch. And is it Otago University? Is it? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I think she's she's linked with Otago University. Hopefully, yeah. he's going to be coming on the podcast in the next uh, month or two as well. Brilliant, fantastic. She's she's a fantastic speaker. She knows what she's on about. Okay, so have you you've got the people there? You got it's finding out from others. You, I think so the thing is, healthcare professional work is silos, you know. And I think it's about what can you learn from other other professions like like OTs. You know, I like OTs because they're quite grounded, you know, then they come up with practical ideas about what, how you can manage your pain better, et cetera. Like, you know, whereas a lot of physios and other you know, sort of, you know, like the pain nurses and whatnot, they're not that tuned in, you know, so they're in that, what they, what they've learned in med school or whatever. But first thing now, we've got is the naked physio. Oh yeah. Paul Eggerman. Yeah, I, when I was when I was I was only in New Zealand in 2019. By the way, guys, I'm going to be coming back. Be warned. And I was having a chat with him, like, you know, and he's saying to me how he he connects, you know, he works closely with OTs, like, you know, because they got so much information they can swap over, like, you know. So it's it's about I think you, I think healthcare professionals got to not work in silos, you know, but think about well, how can I learn more? What what does an OT actually do? What does a pain nurse do? What is a psychology bit, you know? And the thing is, see, last lot, people with pain, after you've had it for like three months or more, pain actually doesn't become the main issue, believe it or not. 
all the other stuff's kicked in, the money worries, relationship worries, the fuzzy thinking because of, um, of all the meds you're on, the sleep problems, low mood, depression, and being anxious, stressed out. That, when I, I, as a slider I use in my workshops, it's like the uh, iceberg. And uh, as you know, with an iceberg, you only see like one third of it, you know. And uh, as I, one of the strap lines there, pain is only tip of the iceberg. And as you know, below the waterline, is where the bulk of the, where the iceberg is. That's where I list out a lot of the problems, you know, everyday problems that people have. And when I show that to patients, they don't much. Like, that's me, you know. They kick that, I go and see the pain nurse, the pain doctor, the pain this, that, and the other. But all this here, this is, all this stuff below the waterline, this is bigger problems, you know. So in a way, it's about, it's been a bit of a back-to-front thinker, really. What I sort of say, suggest to people is that if they deal with that stuff below the waterline, that will wind up the pain down actually like, you know, but when we see the healthcare professionals, because we have persistent pain, it's, it's keep going after that, but these other problems supersede it. But as I, that's what I learned anyway, is that when I dealt with being anxious and whatnot, pain level started to sort of go down and, and everything. And since. So, so much, you know, but I mean, I really got into the stretching exercising sort of stuff and uh, so much so that I went on the course, uh, pain management program in 96 and since 97, I've never had to take any pain medication. So, you know, it works, <laughs> you know, and it's, it, that's what it is. Now, I think it, uh, the other thing before I go on to the other thing is that when you've got a team of pain, health, pain healthcare professionals, like you must include someone like me in it because People, but nothing personal, but they're because I've lived it, and other self managers have lived, gone through it, come out the so, come out the other side, is that they're more likely to they listen, they'll listen to me, or listen to the other person because we've experienced it, we know what they're going through, you know. Yeah, yeah, you're the social proof that they need that actually there is a way through this, a way to the a way to the other side, and I think yeah, you're. Obviously, this is your experience. I was going to say you're right, but one of the things that I really agree with there is that, like pain and persistent conditions, often the symptoms that they are the, the tip of that iceberg there. And if that was all there was, then actually you could probably just kind of keep pushing through. But because of all of the other stuff that that happens and feeds back into those symptoms. That's the real heavy stuff, and, and that's the stuff that I see with a lot of my patients that that really that that weighs them down and kind of keeps them up at night, and and that that's where those big big challenges are for them. And it's like as a as a health provider, that is that's something that is sometimes quite challenging. And you, you said working within teams is is fantastic for helping to address all of those different challenges that are going on for that person. And I, I completely agree that like the best teams that I've worked in have had psychologists and OTs and and pain doctors and health coaches and dietitians and kind of pulling everybody in together. But actually, actually I don't think they ever had anyone with self-management lived experience so next time that i'm in one I've, i'll put i'll push for that as well but i think as as health providers as well it's um like we because we we don't have the lived experience in this area it's easy to think that we're 
that we're doing a good job. And I'm just wondering your, your perspective on what a healthcare providers think is valuable, but actually it isn't. Yeah, I think I think they're good list. I think they think they're listening, but I think sometimes they've got a cotton wool in their ears. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think that I think they want to do a good job. You know, listen, they go into that profession because they want to help people. Is you know, if you went into for some other reasons, well, okay. But I think the mo- most of the healthcare professional, healthcare workers I know, go into it because they want to make a difference to someone's life. I guess you know, help help and support people. But you know, being in the health thing. I think they think they're listening, but they're not, you know, I, I, I mean, I've had that recently. I was diagnosed with prostate cancer in uh, 2016 and I, I've got a, the oncologist. He's not a listener. <laughs> he, he, he's, uh, he, he goes by a chart, you know, he's, he's well stuck in the medical model, like, you know, and he keeps trying to get me on the radiotherapy sort of, uh, track, like, you know, and I, I know that there's a lot of side effects from that and that hormone treatment I'm having for it now is, you know, I'm okay. I want to stay up white and buy my bikes and stuff like that, you know, but he ain't a listener, you know, I had a meeting with him last week, like, you know, and he, I really had to sort of, I, I could wish shove a finger up his nose, you know, and I just said to him, yeah, mate, you're going to have to learn to listen because you, I don't think you're hearing me. And he's actually sat, well, I think, I think he's a telephone appointment, but I could hear him sit back in his chair. So I think, I think. I think they think they're listening, they're listening, but I don't think they do like, you know, that because of, so they're so tuned into the pain, you know, I'm a pain physio and da, 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 you know, there's whole, whole, whole lot of other stuff going on, like, you know, in people's lives, you know, it ain't, it, you know, then people, they've got people, so believe it or not, some people like hanging on to their pain, like, you know, they've got a bit of attention, you know, or they've got an insurance claim going through or something like that, you know. One of the words you said there about health coaching, it's one of, the, one of the things I'm always pushing for is that healthcare professionals have got to be more coaching, you know, be more like coaches and, 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 and being more educational. I think you, you, I think a lot of healthcare professionals wear the medical hat so, so often, but they don't, they need to put on an educational hat and respect that, you know, when they give us the leaflet, I mean, as a, you know, the leaflet, the pain toolkit and but have you actually asked the patient how do they learn? You know, do they learn from reading, watching, listening, through practice? You know, and nine times out of ten, you know, I, I, I happened to see an NHS physio a couple of years ago. I did it in the gym and pulled a muscle, and I just wanted to know what was going on. And he, he, he put, he said, you know, he, he give you a pain toolkit. <laughs> <laughs> And it was, I'll tell you what's really sad, but he was actually on a workshop. I, gave, I did, I, he, he was, I remember him in the audience. He was actually one of my pi- uh, workshops I did for, for him a, a year or two. <laughs> but like, you know, I he, he just, so they're not listening. And I think, as I say, you got to, you got to be, you got to be more of a coach and educationist. How do we learn? You know, I'm so excited to the page now, Mrs. Smith or Chris Pate. How do you learn? Are you a watcher, a listener? Do you like, you know, you know audio? listening and, you know, perhaps a combination of the two or three or all of them, like, you know, so it's about, and that's, that's all about, because in a way you're coaching people mm. how to self-manage their pain, but giving them a leaflet, if they're not readers, it's completely out a waste of time, you know. So when you say listening there, Pete, it, it's about like listening for things other than the clinical information that I'm assuming and, and also maybe asking better questions as well 
to elicit yeah. a response, the responses that you're listening to? Yeah, it's, I know a couple, there's a couple of healthcare professionals here really, really, really cracked it. Well, they, a GP, a buddy of mine, Dr. Tim, what he does is he, he, he the patient comes in and he says, well, tell me where, from where it all started to where you are now. And you know, I don't know, technical funneling, like, so they, cause it, cause he know they've only got a certain amount of time or whatnot, 10 minutes max. So he, what he does, he gets them, he says, well, tell me where, where you come, but where, right up to where you are now. So he, he takes a hit and I call it the war story, like, you know, what, what, where their, their journey. But then he says to him, right, okay, thanks. Well, I know where we are now. Now, the next time we meet each other, we're going to be working out program where we're moving forward. So that's there. I don't need to hear that anymore because I think what it is, is where we, we so tuned into everybody we see. We've got to keep re- revisiting the journey sort of thing, like, you know, but I think a, a good healthcare professional listens, take, takes a hit on the, on the story, which I know you get fed up listening to all the time, but he just, but then, but make it clear to the person, right. We, we don't need, we, I won't need to hear that anymore. We're going to work out a plan, how, you, how we get you back in the driving seat. And that's one of my phrases I always used about putting people in the driving seat. You have a reason why it's be a driving instructor before, you know, and the thing is, is do you drive, do you drive a, a car, Chris? I do it. Yep. Yeah. What did you take drive? I think I had a couple. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you was that, when you was uh, learning, taking the driving lessons, where about you sit in the driving seat or passenger seat? Because that's where you learn. Okay. But what, what happens is, is we, we go and see the doctor, he takes about the passenger, the driver's seat, pushes in the passenger seat, and then we're whizzing around. You know, so it's, they haven't had their conversation seat. So like as Dr. Tim does, you take, listen to the story, really listens to it, right? Stop them there. And then we'll then they, then he works out a battle plan for them, like an action plan on there, how to get out, back, get yourself back in the driving seat. No, you know, do you know what? Self-management ain't all the support yourself, man. It's not rocket science, you know. It's, it's really easy stuff when you, because I think everybody was like overcomplicating it, but it's not. It's dead really, this pricing. You know, when I was on my pay management program, they're talking about pacing. I'm going, this is, for, this is common sense. Yeah. This is common sense, you know. Yeah, it's not it's not super mentally challenging for us. I think probably the biggest challenge is is fitting it into the context of of someone's life in a way that works for works for them. What I do, uh, Chris? See the little bar notes. Let me start about plug it on page three. Like it's it's so what happens is it's not good just giving the patient a, a toolkit. It's just eight tools. Circle one or two of the tools that you want help with right now. When you, when, and when you come back and see me, we'll work on those one or two tools. When they become confident with it, then they work on another one or two. It's a bit of a, you know, so it's a goal really. It's like setting goals and action plans and stuff like that. So they will actually identifying what help and support they need right there and then. Mm. Is that easy? Yeah. And it's, it's kind of creating a shared journey together to, to go through the process. And I guess from a, from a, a patient's perspective, Pete, like what can, what can healthcare providers do to help someone be ready to take that journey with them? Well, we start the jerk, start the conversations up, not, not 
down the line, but from the get go, really, like you know, kind of done because what's you know, it's like uh, it's like you guys being firemen, you know, or fire 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 people. Is that fire? What do they call them now? Firefighters. And you look up here and say, "Oh, look at that building there! Look, it's smoking." But we're not going to go to it until it bursts into flames. And what happens is in the medical, you know, in, in, in our world, is that we're small grid and we come to you small grid, but well, I ain't going to talk to you about self-management until you're com completely and utterly on fire, where you're really, really in trouble. So starting off that, that, that conversation earlier and not, what, not wait until we're completely, you know, bonkers and whatnot, you know, we're, we're, we're really in trouble. That's, that's, that's all, but to start it off, it's, I think there's, I mean, it's not, there's things now called motivational interviewing, you know, so, so healthcare professionals go on a course and learn about motivational in, interview. If you don't want to go on a course, go on YouTube and stuff like that. I mean, there's loads of information out there. You know, I mean, look at this, you know, I'm talking to you from Essex here in the UK when you're over there in Windy Wellington. You know, back in the day when I first started off doing this, you know, if I were to contact someone, I'd either pick up a phone or write them a letter. Mm. Yeah. You know? Our, our lives have changed with, with the technology that's available and the, and the information yeah. that's available for us yeah. at the moment as well. And yeah, I think it is, it is creating those expectations for ourselves as health providers as well as that, um, like someone comes in to see us for half an hour, 20 minutes, 15 minutes, 10 minutes for an appointment. And then they go away back into their life and live that for the next couple of days before they come in and see you again, or the next week or two weeks before they see you again. And if all you're doing is doing stuff within that appointment, then you shit out of luck really, aren't you? Because... <laughs> That, that yeah, twenty minute. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. This is a podcast. You can say whatever you want, mate. Um, hey, well, I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> that if you if you don't set up that expectation as of okay, here's some here's the stuff that you want to be working on while you're not here, then you're really going to struggle to I think bring or connect with that patient for that, that, that journey along the way. Right. That's simple. Okay. What, Chris, what do you want to get back? You know, so, so I'm, I've got you in front of me now. Okay. Or online or whatever. Okay. So you, you've, I've heard where you come from, Chris, and where you're okay. You're up to this, got to this point now where we're, we're having a look, we're looking at each other. Well, tell me what are the things that you stop doing, but want to return to? Or are there any new things that you want to get onto? So the thing is, what I do is I'm getting them back in the driving seat. No. I'm saying to them, point blank, what do you want to get back to? What have you stopped doing that you want to get? Right, let's work out a battle plan. How are you going to do that? Yeah. How do you respond, Pete, when they say, I want to get rid of my pain? You know, well, that ain't going to happen, friend. You know I mean? Uh, uh, go and get yourself a couple of tickets, go and lures, you know? That ain't going to happen. You know, if you've got very, very paid for it, like, look, it, it, listen, it could be with you some, some weeks, it could be with some months, or in my case, it's two years. And, and not for me, I've got more pain issues now than I've <laughs> been back in the 90s. But because I learned lifelong skills, I've all been, they've all been transferable, you know. So I'm just upfront with people and just say to them, listen, you know, it's, it, it may be with you for a few months, 
It may be, it may be with you a few years. It may be for the rest of your life, but it doesn't mean that you've got to stop living. So I just want to ask you again, what have you stopped doing that you want to get back to? Let's have, listen, let's have some fun. I'll make it interesting, punchy, you know, if I can do it, you can do it. Mm. Nice. And it's having that, it's having that, do you know what? How many programs do you know where people can go on there and have fun and learn about self-management? I don't know many that uh, fun is a massive part of. Well, we have fun, right? When I come, I come with more workshops, baby, we have, we play the pain talk game, we play the pacing game. Can I tell you about the, uh, the new, new stuff I'm doing with Seaside University? Definitely, mate. Tell us. Yeah, I'll tell you what, this is lovely, okay? I've been working with Professor Dennis up there. You'd like him, actually. I'll have to introduce you to him. Yeah, that's and, um, and we've been working with the, with the university, and we come up with, come up with this idea of a paint toolkit cafe, uh, a virtual reality one, okay? And believe it or not, the cafe idea came from me when I was down in New Zealand. I was doing my stretches in, uh, in the morning there on the TV. There was uh, some sort of news program, and then he turned it into a cafe. I don't know what channel it was on. I thought, I said to myself, do you know what, Paint Toolkit, we could do that. And every month now, I'll do Paint Toolkit cafes like this on Zoom. But uh, Dennis, he thought this is a really cool idea. And we're, we're looking at um, virtual reality. So what we've done, he's got a couple of his buddies from uh, another university in London. They come up with this um, uh, cafe. So it's like, it's like a cafe, actually. It's got a really nice scenery around it and, and, and everything. And what we do is, so everybody comes on as an avatar. Now, do you know what? The people will come up to it. They love it because they love being an avatar because it's non-judgmental. Because no one's like, like, you're looking at me now. Oh, he's got no hair on his head. Oh, he's got whiskers. He, he, he looks like a chubby dude. Oh, look, he's got hair on his head. Oh, he's got a white gold hair and that flowery paper, wallpaper there. And what? And people become ju judgmental sort of thing. Patients like being, they like it because they can't. No one's being judgmental with us, so they're little avatars. So what we do, they come on now, we've got so two boards. One is one where I'll show a PowerPoint, and the other one is where we play, we play the pacing game. So what we do on the uh, on the PowerPoint, I go through them all about the, the, uh, the boom and bus cycle, the pacing and stuff like that. Then we've broken up into teams. So right, they go into teams, then we play the pacing game. And and we tested their knowledge about pacing, et cetera, like that, you know. And obviously there's winners. Then we come off of that, go back to the, um, go back to the PowerPoint and I'll just go through briefly, uh, each talking in the toolkit and, but through the whole, uh, process, which is, it lasts about an hour and a half, two hours. We have loads of pacing breaks because it's all about pacing. Mm, yeah. And they love it. That sounds, that sounds awesome, mate. And like I, I read that, uh, you did a bit of research on the pain toolkit and one of the, like the tool that was the least well implemented was building community. Teamwork. Yeah. What, what do you reckon that is? Oh, I'm going to close. Oh, it's, it's, it's cause there is no, there is no, well, that, that, that was the, that research was done about 10 years ago, but it may have changed, but as you, as in, I'm only going to repeat myself because it's when the, when the healthcare, prof the, the patient sees the healthcare professional, which, uh, well, you said it yourself, like you come and see me and off they go. And I said, you know, like a bit of conveyor belt. Mm. There isn't any teamwork, you know, and it's, listen, you know, it, I, I very rarely met anybody. I've, 
I don't, I've never met anybody who sort of sold out on their own, yeah. you know, some of the long, long-term pain. They've had to get some help from somewhere, but they, you know, if I, I mean, I talk to a lot of people, the, the, the people that email me and I hear some really, you know, crappy stories like where the experiences they've had, it's because they, the, the healthcare professionals and, you know, using their ears. The fact, look, it gives it away. You've got two ears and one mouth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? It's as simple as that. It's about, you haven't got a, it, it, people, they just need some guidance. You know, just a little bit of coaching, like, you know, this is where you've got to stop being a, a healthcare professional, you know, but they, you know, once, so they get, get all that stuff below the waterline, the, you know, the crappy relationships, the job, jobs driving and crackers, the, the, the boss is not being supporting them in any way. You know, they're not of his crap. Like, you know, do you know about the upstream downstream story? Don't think so. Do you know, do you know why you get a lot of people with pain? <laughs> you put me on the spot there, mate. No, no. Damn, honest, right, no. Let me, the upstream downstream story and all the viewers and listeners, they'll, they'll get it. Okay. So, say who I am. I'm, I'm lucky enough. I live by a river called the River Stir. Okay. Separates Essex and Suffolk. Okay. I live in quite a nice part of Essex. And so there I am, I'm sitting, I'm sunning myself. Well, when, when the weather was warm, it's turning really chilly now, our autumn. And, and uh, all of a sudden, someone's coming down the river. Help me, help me, help me. I, I can't, I'm drowning, I'm drowning. So I jump in the river, pull them out, resuscitate them, call an ambulance, and they get shipped off to hospital. Thank <laughs> for that. Get back to, get back to be sunbathers. I go back and sit so late now. Oh, help me, help me, help. I'm drowning. You know where I'm going here. So, after the fifth person, I'm saying to myself, what the hell's going on? Why are all these people drowning? So I'm going to go upstream, okay? I'm going to go up the river and find out that people are looking in the river, but the fence is broken. Mm-hmm. So because the fence is broken, they're falling in the river. They use this parable, okay, a lot in health. The Canadians are really, really good. So there is, there is a website, I think it's uh, upstreaming. The reason why they're for winning, why you get a lot, you get to see a lot of pay patients is because someone upstream, okay, there's some healthcare professionals upstream who are not talking to the people about self-management, etc., and all they're doing is trying to giving them out pills and treatments and all that, all that other whatnot, and of course they're failing, okay, and then they're floating down the river, and they come and see Chris. What happens? So you've got a responsibility now because I've been telling you and the listeners out there and the watchers out there watching the video, you've got a responsibility now because I've told you a lot about self-management today. You've got to go upstream and fix the fence. Hmm. You've got to educate your colleagues so that people aren't falling in the river. It will, it will make your life a lot more simpler. Yeah. If there's someone upstream, they doing their stuff. You probably know them already, you know? That yeah, so it's a matter of having a word with them and say, look, you know, and then get together and and and, and uh, coach them up about self management, so that you know, because see a lot of help as you just said, I ain't well, I ain't got a lot of time, but old Doctor Tim, mate, he knocks it all out. He does his uh, coaching all in ten minutes. It is possible. Yeah, you might yeah some extra coaching skills. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's that, that's something that I definitely need some upskilling in in terms of coaching, uh, and I think a lot of a lot of healthcare providers do as well. Oh, if you guys want, I'll do a, a pain talking workshop for you. All right, 
and don't give me the money, right? But you give it to Lil James, who runs Pink and Steel. You know Lil James? Don't know Lil James. Lil James, she does um, she does Pink and Steel. She started here in um, up on on uh, uh, near Auckland, and she runs a uh, she's physiotherapist, but she runs uh, cancer rehab. Okay, cool. Okay. So I don't know none of the monies. I'll leave it up to you and donate. If you guys are interested, you get about six or eight of, eight of you. I'll get up early in the hours of the morning for you. But, so I'm taking away all the blocks. Oh, I don't mind knocking out at two, two o'clock in the morning my time. So, and I'll, I'll do a paint talking workshop for you if you want to learn some extra skills. All right. Thanks for the, uh, thanks for the offer there, Pete. And yeah, if, uh, if people are interested in that, then hit me up and we'll, we'll get a group together to, to go through this with Pete. That would be, that would be awesome. And thank you for that offer. Well. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> and I think that's, um, like looping back around to, to the community piece as well that we were talking about earlier and, um, I, I think as, as health providers, we've, we've got a responsibility as well to sift through some of the information that is out there that that people have access to because there's there is a lot of great information that is that is out there that's available to people but there's also a lot of crap information that's out there oh. as well they're going to that that's going to cause upstream problems so having having lists of communities that the people that come and see you can engage with or resources that or virtual online communities that you can put people towards as well, that you have gone through and vetted and know great resources, I think is a really integral part of our role as health providers as well as that people are going to go on the internet and look up stuff or seek out support that we need to be able to facilitate that in the right direction for them. Well, you've got a great resource there already called the Health Navigator. I think there's, there's, I think there's a lot of pain toolkit information on there, a lot of the videos are all in there. They can come and visit the Pain Talking website, a lot of free stuff on there. And, and I've tried to do the workshop, the, the, the Pain, the website for it. So, it. so I've still got my coaching head on. So all the, the information, so people can read the toolkit, they can listen to this podcast, you know, what, we, you know, what you're doing here with me now. There's a fantastic amount of resources on there as well. And I, I really encourage anyone to, everyone to check it out as well, whether they work with people who are in pain or the information's applicable to people who work with other uh, other patients that have persistent health problems as well. And there's a lot of crossover, I think, in, yeah. in those areas. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Pete, where do people find that? Well, health navigator. Uh, the pain, pain toolkit. Your oh, stuff. the pain toolkit. Yeah. <laughs> the, the website is www.paintoolkit.org. And come and say hello, just drop me a line if you, listen, give me some feedback about this. If you haven't agreed or anything uh, that yeah. I've said, then come let me know, like, you know, as we was talking before we went on camera, like, you know, uh, as I, you know, made my mind, you know, every day's a school day, like, you know, and it's, yeah. it's all about learning. So if I've um, said something that you disagree with, let me know. If you agree with me, let me know as well. Yeah. Pete, if, if. The person that's listening to this could take one thing and apply it into their practice this afternoon or tomorrow. What should they do? Well, I would think about listening, you know, the listening skills, listen to the person's story. If you're a healthcare provo a professional or healthcare worker, listening to this, you know, may need some extra skills, et cetera. 
and it's not about that you're failing people or anything like that. You know, and I I always think that I'm learning something every day myself. Like although I've been 25 years doing this, you know, I just don't, I don't, I can't stop learning. There's always something. I look on social media and I think, yeah, that's a that's a cracking idea. Like you know, that can I adapt it to you know to to, to life and, and and stuff. If you're a person with pain, listening to this or watching this. You know, if I can do it, you can do it. You know, I've got no academic school whatsoever. I'm just a bloke in the street that just knows a little bit about self-management. Mm. But I know that, um, if I can do it, you can do it. And also for healthcare professionals, like, just give yourself time. Don't beat yourself up. It's not, you know, you, you haven't been taught this in a lot of supporting self-management. You haven't been taught it in med schools, et cetera. And, but it, you can do now. So anyway, contact, um, Chris and uh, so we'll organise a, a workshop and can what's that you, you know give, do a workshop for you and give some handy tips like you know awesome mate hey more thanks for the generosity mate and thank you so much for joining us today it's been awesome mate great thanks very much for inviting me look after yourselves there look at, I know you're looking forward to summer I ain't looking forward to my winter now one bit that is a wrap thanks everyone for tuning into the show. If you've enjoyed it, then make sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss any of the weekly episodes. If you want to support the show, the best thing you can do is to share this out with a mate that you reckon might enjoy it. And if you want to enhance your skills in this area even more, then watch out for the Art of Healthcare community coming in 2021. It's a truly interdisciplinary space for us to upskill our art. If you want a sneak peek for more info, head over to artofhealthcare.mn.co. That's artofhealthcare.mn.co. And a couple of quick thank yous. First of all, thank you to my brother, Jeremy Desmond, for the amazing theme music. And thank you to you guys for joining me as we look to improve our art.